Hey y'all, I'm your host, Rita, and you're listening to The Backpacking Introvert, a podcast where I unpack the mind, connect with my love of nature, and write outside the lines. Thank you for tuning in today. Out of all the podcasts, you chose mine, and I'm glad you're here. Before we get started on today's podcast episode, I have a little bit of information I need to share with you. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions or concerns you may have regarding any mental health issues. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking mental health care from a licensed professional in your area because of something you may have heard from my podcast. I speak only from my personal experiences, knowledge, and education, and not as a licensed therapist. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. With that said, let's get started. Welcome back to the Backpacking Introvert. On my last episode, we dove into alternate forms of healing and Kelly Bruce joins me today to talk about another form of healing, forest bathing. To give a little bit of information about Kelly, she is a certified nature and forest therapy guide, trail consultant, and the founder of Natural Wonders. She leads forest bathing and nature therapy walks in the Blue Ridge and Smoky Mountains of Western North Carolina. Kelly, welcome to my podcast and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share this with you. Tell us about who you are and what what you do. So my name is Kelly Bruce and I am a certified nature and forest therapy with the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy and I lead forest bathing walks in the mountains of Western North Carolina as you said and essentially these are two and a half to three hour experiences where we just slow down and we awaken our senses and you know my goal is to help others cultivate a deeper connection with nature community and themselves and so the typical group would be about, you know, five to 12 people. And we go on this walk, we start by awakening our senses with a guided meditation to kind of hone in our senses one by one and really turn them up for the rest of the experience. And then we do a very slow wander where we notice what's in motion. And then the last couple invitations, um, and I call them invitations because I offer these as, as, as any invitation, you don't have to accept, but I mm-hmm. ask people to do what feels right for them. And sometimes we will explore textures. Sometimes we will explore explore where does our heart lead us in the forest and it's really just about slowing down and being mindful and sometimes it's about sitting quietly which in this day and age is actually a very rare thing that we give ourselves the permission and the time to be so still and quiet. And I've found for me personally, a lot of magic happens when we slow down and give ourselves permission to, to be still and quiet. So you, um, you, you're walking us through how you describe things that happen in forest bathing. Would you say that forest bathing is getting in touch with nature or how would you define it? Well, if you talk about the the definition of forest bathing, it's Shinrin-yoku. It it originated in Japan, and it's literally immersing oneself in the forest atmosphere. So to forest bathe, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about being present in nature. And the way I lead my walks, it takes it a step further. Basically, we're just offering an opportunity to remember our relationships with the natural world, with ourselves, with each other, and nature. And 
we like to say that the forest is the therapist and the guide opens the door. I'm providing these, these opportunities, these invitations. And then we circle up with the group after each invitation and we share what we're noticing. And by sharing and, you know, sharing from the heart and listening from the heart, it's a really lovely place to be witnessed, to be seen, which a lot of us don't have in our daily lives, especially post COVID. And it's mm -hmm. just a really wonderful way to connect. And another thing, you know, past, you know, after COVID, we've been very challenged and connecting with other people face to face. And so this is a really healthy, safe way because we're outdoors, we can maintain distance. And uh, it's just a wonderful way to connect. But by connecting with nature, I think we also inherently connect back to ourselves. It's kind of like hitting a reset button, just really returning to our natural true state. I like to think of it as, you know, we've got this lens um, for the world that becomes dirty and, and smudged as life happens. And this is a way of kind of clearing and cleaning that lens and kind of returning to homeostasis, if you will. Right. I, I like how you described how uh, the forest is the therapist. And so you are just the facilitator. Exactly. I, I like to say too, that the trees don't judge. Um, it's really a, a very safe place. But you know, also, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily feel safe in nature, perhaps they weren't raised in a family that went camping or uh, mm -hmm. what have you. So I think this is a lovely introduction to nature for people who might want a guide, might want somebody to show them, you know, here's a really gentle trail and here's a, a new way of experiencing nature that feels safe. You're with a guide, you're with a group of people. I, I've never had any instances on any of my walks where there's been anybody who's been disruptive or antagonistic in any way. It's always seems to attract very like-minded people who are just looking for a way to slow down and to find find some peace, to find some calmness. And that's exactly what the forest typically provides. It's also neat to see what, what happens. It's, it's a wild place. You never know what'll happen. I often see people who will get playful. They'll be skipping stones in the stream or just splashing around. It, it really runs the gamut. There's also been people who have had deep grief experiences where they needed to, um, to let out some grief they've been holding on to. So it's really about being open and present to what the forest or nature has to offer us and seeing what happens. And typically for a lot of people, that takes about three walks to really dive in deep and to release our egos, release our feeling that, oh gosh, what would, what will people think if I jump in the stream and start playing or, you know, and the lovely thing is I like to create a place that people don't feel judged and they feel safe to experience nature in whatever way calls to them. Well, what would you say is different with force bathing in comparison to other forms of ecotherapeutic practices? I've noticed that a lot of uh, there's a lot of wilderness therapy programs out there and they take mm -hmm. people very deep into the wilderness. And, and, you know, it's well known that these are very effective practices, but I like to show people that you don't need to go deep into the wilderness to have um, a really lovely experience to slow down. And we've got a lot of guides in Washington, DC who have, you know, air traffic and cars beeping in the background around their parks. And these folks still find a way to have a really lovely, lovely experience in nature. So 
I think that's the number one key is, is realizing that you don't have to go deep into the woods. You don't need complete silence because that's not reality. That's not our day-to-day lives. And so mm-hmm. we need to learn how to tune into the things that are pleasurable to, to you know, tone down the things that we find less pleasurable because that's just life. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And the more you can learn to, you know, ease into what feels good um, and, you know, tune out what doesn't, then you can have a more enjoyable experience. But, you know, I've always been a hiker. I love, you know, going out on hikes and getting to the top of the mountain or getting to that waterfall. And we're in such a hurry sometimes that we miss all the beautiful little nuances along the way. You know, they always say it's the journey, not the destination. And I think that's so true. So slowing down, not worrying about getting your heart rate up. I probably only go about a mile, mile and a half during these three hour experiences. And we move very slowly. And it's all about noticing what the natural world has to offer us. I like how you're you're describing it. I mean, you're you're describing it as a walk. Basically, it's a journey because the way you describe it again, like that reconnection to self um, and how you have to drown out the noise for yourself because you're not typically going to be in those, like you said, deep forest experiences. So in drowning out that noise, it's again, like you said earlier, returning to yourself and regaining that homeostasis, right? Right. So my question too would be like, okay, when you talk about forest bathing, you have the word bathing and immediately comes to mind is you're going into the forest and and you're going to get naked. <laughs> you're going to bathe. Because those are the responses I've had when I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about forest bathing. Or, you know, I know somebody who does forest bathing. They're like, "What?" so you go in front of people and you get naked and <laughs> and you bathe? I get, that, I get that a lot. People are like, do we need wetsuits? It's really cold in North Carolina. And those, those streams are about, you know, 50 something degrees year round. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And I've, I've enjoyed that. There's, a you know, beauty to actually immersing yourself in water, but it's more about immersing yourself in the forest atmosphere. And that's, you know, the, the term came from Japan where it's known as Shinrin Yoku and it translates to immersing yourself in the forest and, and, and being fully present. And so, yeah, there is no, um, no, no nudity. Um, but I, I do encourage people in their own time, if they feel so inclined to go skitty dipping and have a, a mini baptism, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's, there is something really therapeutic about water. And I do offer people when, when the weather is right the opportunity to maybe dip their hands in a stream or if they feel like they want to take their shoes off and put their feet in the water that can be really soothing and lovely but the um it's it's basically about seeing what you feel drawn to do so if you feel like you want to do that you know go for it there's no judgment but uh yeah we we tell people to wear you know closed-toed shoes bring your you know your hiking clothes that's what we typically wear and you know we just want everybody to be comfortable and to experience the forest in their own way and so the invitations that I offer are are ways to to go a little bit deeper in your nature experience and um, it's really wonderful to see how people interpret that because the idea is to keep these invitations very open that they're very sensory we are getting into our senses beyond just our vision you know when we go on a hike we see this beauty that surrounds us and we hear everything but how often do we like bend down and touch that moss or Mm -hmm. smell you know smell the pine like you know 
bring that bow up to your face and smell it and, you know, really allow your, your senses to be drenched with all this wondrous stuff that surrounds us. It's that's what the whole beginning meditation is all about. And I don't even like to call it a meditation. It's really just an experience of, of isolating the senses one by one so that they can be heightened for the rest of the experience. But beyond just our typical five senses, I also ask people to tune into their heart sense, to turn up their imaginal sense. Um, I really liken it to being more like a child, to kind of Mm -hmm. going back into that sense of wonder and awe that we felt as children, where we just got enamored by a little bug crawling through the earth, or just the little nuances, the beautiful stones at the bottom of the creek, things that we take for granted as we become adults with all our responsibilities. So it's a really lovely way to let go. I think a lot of people touching on what you talk about how, you know, we have forgotten how to play. It's essentially what's what's happened. When we go into nature, what it does is gets us in touch with our inner child all over again. Yes. So would you say that would be, or that's something you have seen has been one of the greatest benefits of forest bathing or one of the benefits? Absolutely. I mean, for me personally, I've learned to let go, um, to stop worrying about what everybody thinks and and just tune into what feels right for me um, to regain that connection with my heart sense and to get out of my head and get back into my body and my heart. That's been my own personal experience. And I've seen others have that experience as well. And, and everybody has their own unique experience. It's somehow, like I said, you know, the forest is the therapist and somehow it seems that nature delivers whatever it is we need. If we are just open and receptive enough to listen and to, to look around and see, and maybe that's because everything that we need is within and it could be just a self-projection for all I know, but somehow people, if they are still enough and quiet enough, and they feel safe, they somehow have the exact experience that they need. And like I said, I've seen one of the very first walks I ever offered, uh, there was a woman who had had a very traumatic experience. She she showed up late. She said, I'm sorry, I'm having PTSD. I didn't didn't even think I was going to come today, but something told me to come on this walk. And she disclosed to me that her house had burned in the fires. This was in Sonoma, California. This was a couple years ago, or her house had burned down. And in the past year, her daughter had committed suicide. Mm. And oh my gosh, I felt this tremendous weight to help this woman have a beautiful experience. But I remembered yet again, and this is actually a quote, I can't take credit for it. It's from Amos Clifford, uh, the founder of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. The forest is the therapist, the guide opens the doors. And so I just trusted that the forest would deliver. And I witnessed that woman start out with with grief. She had ashes all over her hands because the forest was still recovering. And then Mm. she saw the little California Bay laurels sprouting up from the ashes and she went and washed her hands in the stream and by the end she was in pure joy and it was beautiful and she told us at the tea ceremony at the end which we do a tea ceremony of of items that we forage from the forest that we're in and she said over tea she's like I had the most amazing experience and I realized that my daughter would want me to begin a new chapter in my life and it was just the best feeling to to see to 
actually witness that the forest does provide everything that we need because like I said everything that we truly need is within and we just need a, the opportunity to be receptive and to be open right what other benefits would you say forest bathing has well there's a lot of scientific research that's been conducted over the years um, as I said forest bathing started in Japan it actually originated back in the 1980s back when everybody kind of was going from working outside into the technology era where people mm-hmm. began working indoors more than ever and with that the Japanese government witnessed a huge increase in health problems both mental and physical so they started doing research to figure out how they could thwart this health crisis in the most economical way Mm -hmm. and the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries discovered that nature has a really profound effect on people. They would they would measure their baseline, um, you know, measures like heart rate, blood pressure, cortisol levels, breathing rates, and they noticed that after a couple hours of walking slowly in the forest that these people all showed consistent declines in their heart rate, all their measures improved, and it was just so, so consistent. And so there's been a lot of other research that's been done, people recovering from surgeries in a hospital, they recover faster if they have a window out looking over nature. And there's countless studies that show how beneficial nature is to us, both mentally and physically. But I think most importantly, we have an innate sense of this. I think we all realize that if we're feeling stressed and we go outside and take a walk, we feel so much better when we come back in. And right. um, you know, it's we didn't even have to talk to anyone. We didn't have to do anything. It was just maybe something about moving your body and being in the forest atmosphere. But we also know through uh, scientific research that trees, uh, they emit phytoncides, P-H-Y-T-O-N-C-I-D-E-S. And these are volatile organic compounds that the trees use to protect themselves from parasites and in disease. But when humans breathe in these phytoncides, it actually increases our NK cells, our natural killer cells. And that's a type of white blood cell that helps boost our immunity. So just being in the forest and breathing, you're doing something really beautiful for your body. I've read the scientific evidence, you know, through my own research, because I'm very interested in ecotherapy. I've read the health benefits myself, but I haven't heard of some of the things that you've mentioned about those specific specific, uh, immunity cells. That's new for me. And it sounds Sounds like forest bathing is something that is probably a lot more accessible as opposed to, you know, adventure therapy. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's beauty in all these different therapies, but I think the the commonality you'll see through all of these is that it's about being in the present moment. If there's an activity, maybe it's art, maybe it's music. It's, there's so many different various forms of therapy out there these days, but I think the commonality between all of them, the common thread is is any, anything that brings you into the present moment. You know, even yoga is something if you're so focused on what you're doing, you can't worry about the past. You can't have anxiety about the future when you're so immersed in the activity that you're doing. And so what I love about nature and forest therapy is that there's no skill involved. Even if you are in a wheelchair, you can go and sit in nature and have a really lovely experience. You don't have to go far. You don't have to move at all. Through Through the pandemic, I was doing these nature therapy experiences 
classes through Zoom, you know, virtually. And so I was asking people to sit out in their backyard with their phone, which the last thing I want to do is put technology in between people and nature. But we gather through Zoom and we got the invitations and then we went out into our own yards or to our own park and experienced these invitations. And so that's the beauty of it in my mind is how accessible forest bathing is. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's, you know, there's no judgment. There's no competition. It's just a really lovely way of being present in nature and reconnecting and remembering what it's like to be in that childlike state of wonder and awe that I think we all we lose somehow, some way as we get older. Right. You reminded me when you talked about how you use Zoom to do the force bathing with nature. I did a ecotherapy Zoom course, so to speak. And they brought in, they, they said, bring in a rock or something out for the outside from nature and feel that rock and what is the rock telling you and you're immersing it something so simple yet it had such a profound effect even though we were doing it in zoom it was you know having somebody to guide you and who knows how to do this and facilitate the process was very profound I agree yeah I've had people have similar experiences on my virtual experiences where they couldn't leave their house for the experience. So they, I asked them to bring their house plant or uh, shells, rocks, pine cones, anything they wanted to bring from nature, bring that into the room where they were doing this experience. And sometimes even ask them to explore their home for natural elements and see what they felt drawn to. And it's true. And there's something, especially about holding something, when you hold something and you examine it and you touch it, it just brings you into the present moment. And that's something I've heard therapists do where they say, if you're feeling really anxious to just touch your clothing, just feel the mm -hmm. texture of it. And there's just there's all these sensory elements that help us become present and it is really powerful. Tell us about your personal story because when I bring on my guests, I want to hear their story. <laughs> I, I believe in stories and how each of us carries a story that leads us to do what our purpose is. And this sounds like this is, can I say that this is your purpose? <laughs> it truly is. It's It hasn't become my, uh, my full source of income, unfortunately. I would love that if I could spend all my days doing forest therapy. But I just feel so compelled to share this practice with the world because it is so accessible. It's lovely to have a guide if you can, uh, if you can find one in your area or if you can afford to hire a guide, it's lovely. But it's also something that you can very easily do independently. And um, I love sharing the tools with others so that they can go home and practice this in their own day-to-day -day lives. But I've always been a nature lover. I grew up in Florida near the ocean. I've always been drawn to water and, um, you know, it's always been a big part of my, um, you know, my recreation, but career-wise, professionally, I followed the path of journalism, PR, marketing for many years. And it was something I, I enjoyed. I was good at, but there was just something that was lacking. There was just, you know, some element of fulfillment that I just wasn't getting. And the nature of marketing is, uh, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Never, you know, you can make, have a great accomplishment, but then it's tomorrow. It's like, okay, on to the next thing. And it never right. ends. And it was very exhausting. It's a very high burnout career. And I was living in Colorado at the time and I was volunteering on the weekends with an adaptive snow sports program. So every winter 
I would go out to the ski resort and help people with different cognitive and developmental disabilities learn how to ski, snowboard, and snowshoe. And often I would get Colorado School of the Blind would send students out and they inevitably would have some balance issues because of their blindness, which is very common. And so we'd end up going snowshoeing because that was something I just, you know, the goal is for them to have a good time. And if, right. if they're not having a good time snowboarding or skiing, let's try something different. And so I take them out into the woods, snowshoeing, and I felt compelled to share with them all the different things to experience. If you couldn't see how beautiful it was, well, let's smell the pine trees. Let's, let's touch the bark on the tree. Let's, um, listen to the birds. And so we were having a sensory experience. I was essentially forest bathing with these folks before I even knew it was a thing. And then somehow, I think I must have read about forest bathing in Oprah's magazine. And I started Googling and I found out that there is an association of nature and forest therapy that certifies guides. And I felt compelled to sign up for the training because I I just wanted to help people in all seasons, not just winter. And it was a life-changing experience for me. The training was a a week-long experience. I was camping at a state park in California, and then it was followed by a six-month practicum, which we did independently at home with uh, mentors from the association. And that week-long experience, every day we would go forest bathing in the mornings, and it was really profound. I, I found by the third walk, I was going deeper. I had my own grief experience in a botanical garden one day that I thought I had processed grief from the passing of my grandmother. And it just, it flooded out of me and I felt very safe being surrounded by these fellow guides and able to express and be heard. And it was a really cleansing, lovely experience. And, and it, it made me realize that I didn't have very moment, many moments of stillness and quiet in my life. I was always go, go, go. Um, the nature of my career, the nature of me personally was just, you know, that busy bee. And, you know, a lot of people these days, they wear it as a badge of honor. And, and mm-hmm. I, I did too. And when I finally got still and quiet, I was able to kind of examine myself and kind of tune into myself and who I am more deeply. And it became a practice that I really value. And, and you know, when I lead these walks, there is a standard sequence of events that happens. And I don't necessarily always follow that when I forest bathe myself. I do it a little more loosely, but there's something really profound about giving yourself these moments of stillness and quiet. And it it was really life-changing. So I decided that some way, somehow I was going to make this my mission and offer it to the world. And I ended up leaving Colorado. I had a short little stint in Florida. I didn't feel like Florida was necessarily the place that would support this practice for me personally. And I ended up in, in North Carolina here. And these mountains are so wonderfully healing. I've heard so many people tell me that the mountains feel like they're offering an embrace, a hug. And I feel that too. And there's just something about the forest here. It's so diverse. It's abundant with deciduous trees. I just feel like this is the place for me. And also the community that this place offers is just, it's perfect for me. And I feel so supported in offering this practice. I've been working with several different organizations to bring this to the public and it's with each month that passes it it just gets stronger and stronger and I feel like I've found a great trail to support my activities and you know for me it's really important to have a gentle 
trail that, that is accessible to as many people as possible. And I like to have some water, a creek, and some big, beautiful trees and, you know, some meadows and forest. It's got everything I need. And I'm really happy to be sharing this with the world. In essence, the forest is your therapy room. Yes, it is. It's one big, giant, yeah, therapy office, if you will. And I mean, really, the world is your, your therapy office. You know, you can find little pockets of peace wherever you go. Like I said, you don't need a, a big, deep forest. You can go to your local park and just sit with a tree. You just have to have an open mind about it and just find some some stillness wherever you can find it, even if it's just looking out your window. Right. I, I think also it's like with the being in the mountains, because I love being in the mountains, and I agree that there's something special about the mountains. But it seems like in the mountains, it allows you to be very introspective. It, it really pulls things out of you that, like you said, you're not being still in your day-to-day. You're not thinking about or you're not trying to process and and I especially find it for me like I like the hiking I'm I'm not certified in forest bathing like you and so this is totally new for me for learning about what it entails and what its benefits are and how it works but for me like since I like to hike it's been where I go out and hike and in hiking I become introspective or nature actually I feel in my opinion the nature speaks to us and you may find things where you're just like I know that's nature speaking to me for example I've gotten a little discombobulated on trails before and I'll say a little prayer please get me back to where I need to go and suddenly I see a butterfly leading me back to my path or a bird at that moment I know that is nature leading me and telling me this is the way to go. You're not lost. You're found here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I witness it personally. And I still hike, even though I'm a forest bathing uh, guide, I still do hikes. And I think it's important to move our bodies. It's important to get our heart rates up, all of that. However, I think it's also important to be open and receptive to the opportunities that nature offers us. And if you don't feel that nature is offering you something, then ask, ask for what you need. Just like you said, you know, lead me back to my path. And, and that path might not actually be the trail. That path might be a little side trail through the woods to some beautiful thing that you were supposed to see. It's about being open and not being so tied to staying on this certain trail, getting to the top of the mountain and turning around and leaving. It's about, you know, seeing that little creek that's just calling to you to like, go get your feet wet, go, go play a little, go lay on that rock and stare at the clouds for a little bit. There's just so many different things that nature has called me to do. I spent the summer in Montana. I was working with kids doing nature connection and I was right next to Glacier National Park. And so mm-hmm. I knew I had to go to the glaciers, you know, who knows how much longer we'll have them. Right. <laughs> so, oh, it's beautiful there. I, yeah. I hiked to Grinnell Glacier and I felt compelled to go swimming in that water as cold as it is. I had to do it. I jumped in with my clothes and all, took my breath away. And then I sat on the rock and just watched. I just looked at this glacier that's like melting before my very eyes. I felt really sad that if I have children, they won't probably get to see this beautiful glacier. And that was a a sad moment, but it's also an important realization that Mm. that life is short. Everything is, is fleeting. And, you know, I get these little lessons daily. If I just slow down enough to look and listen, I get, I see 
how the birds are interacting. I see the clouds moving. There's just all these little lessons from nature, like you said. And it's just about, you know, giving ourselves the time and permission to experience it. Right. What would you say has been the greatest impact on you personally from having learned and guided others in forest bathing? I think it's really important to not, and this is life in general, but through this practice, I've, I've learned that it's important to not have any expectations of what outcomes are going to come from this experience. Because there's been times where people have gone on my walks and I'm not sure if they got it. I'm not sure if they gave themselves the permission to fully enjoy it. And I, I will wonder sometimes, and then I'll get an email randomly out of the blue saying, thank you. That was such a, a lovely experience. It, it's changed the way I looked at nature. And I'm like, oh, so to not judge anybody's experience, to not expect a certain experience, to just let it be and to just let everything unfold as it will. And it somehow does. Like I said, the, the, the forest delivers exactly what everyone needs. And for some, it's a little stress relief. And for other people, it's recovering from traumatic experiences. So it's just being open to letting what comes, comes. It's for me, it's not being too regimented to be actually receptive myself to nature as I'm guiding, because I'll go out with kind of an idea of what invitations I'm going to offer. And then the sky is just so beautiful and the leaves are fluttering and I scrap everything. And I, I tell these folks, hey, let's just lay in the grass and look at the sky because the sky is trying to tell us something right now. Let's enjoy it. So yeah, letting go of expectations has been one of the biggest things for me. Not getting too wound up in what you think things are supposed to, how it's going to happen or what's what experience people are going to have. Just going with the flow. And I mean, every time I see a river or a stream, it's like, wow, don't resist. Just go with it and see what happens. How does that extend into your daily life? Personally, it's I used to be so wound so tight, such a perfectionist and so wrapped up in what everybody else thinks. And then I started to realize everybody else is so wrapped up in their own lives. They don't care what I'm up to, what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> why do I worry about these things? You know, right. I need to focus on, you know, what's going to bring me joy in my life. And sure, I bet my parents would be thrilled if I was a marketing executive still or being in the PR world making a 50, 60 grand salary. But instead, I'm making very little money doing this, but I'm the happiest I've ever been. Right. For me, I would do this for free. I'd give it away if as long as I could survive and keep living a modest life. It just feels so good to share this with others. It feels so good for me to go out on the walks with these folks and to share this. While I am guiding, I'm still getting so many benefits, but I too, I like to be guided. I, lo I love when I can go with another forest bathing guide and just let go of the reins and, and have the experience. But, but yeah, it's, it's taught me to let go personally. I think, I think that's probably the ultimate thing. It's just trust that the universe has my back, that there's some divine plan of some sort that's unfolding and you know, yes, bad things are going to happen, but there's lessons and there's just so many beautiful things that happen along the journey. And I love when kids come on the walks. And like I said, over the summer, I worked with, um, with children at a day camp in Montana and I had five to eight year olds. And we started out doing 10 minute sit spots at the beginning of camp where the kids would sit quietly in nature. They all got to pick their own little spot and just sit quietly for 10 minutes. And I'd offer them different invitations every day to kind of 
keep it interesting. But by the end of camp, one of the one of the children who his file said that he had ADHD, he was begging for one hour sit spots. And wow. I was just so excited and so happy that they were seeing the joy and the beauty in this. You know, kids have a hard time sitting still. And for a child to to beg me, and there were several of them that were I had a group of the one hour sit spot kids at the end of camp. I had about, I don't know, six or seven. And it was just, it made me so happy that they were enjoying this and they'd sit by the stream and play with the rocks. They weren't being completely still and that's okay. They were having their own experience. And I I had worried throughout that camp that I needed to have them create something every day to take home to show their parents. And then I realized, you know what, a heart-centered child who is happy and able to enjoy nature is way more important than any little crafty thing I could send them home with. So it was really lovely experience. You mean you sent them home with it with those experiences. So when they went home, they had something to share with their parents about what they experienced while they were in these daily day camps. And in Montana, I was there in 2018 and it is beautiful. So (laughs) there's plenty to take in. And I would imagine that those living in Montana do spend a lot of time outdoors to begin with because lots of parts of Montana are pretty rural. So I can see how me having ADHD myself, I can see how being in nature, it takes away that all that overstimulation that we have being connected with technology and and other things to kind of be like, okay, I can just be. Exactly. And and what, what better report to their parents to say, oh, well, I was able to sit still for an hour. And they're like, oh, how do we recreate that? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. And it's, it's something I've been inspired. I really want to write some children's books that, that offer nature and forest therapy invitations that are unique to a variety of ecosystems. And it's really, I think the children are the, the next generation. They are, they're the future for all of us. And so sometimes I find it, it's too hard probably to change the mind of adults who are set in their ways. But if we can offer children these experiences that open their hearts and help them appreciate the natural world, then they'll protect it. They'll be great stewards of this earth as we move forward. Right. Uh, and we would hope that, that those things could be preserved because they're so essential, kind of like we were talking earlier, how therapy is so holistic. We are very interdependent on nature. You know, I know there's some political leaders in the world who think that, you know, nature can be on the wayside, but no, we are very interdependent. I mean, just think about how the trees, we need the trees and the plants for oxygen. So how can we live without nature? We can't. No, we can't. And I think the more we realize that and we connect with nature, the more we will feel that need to protect it. And yeah, and science backs it up. I was reading an article just the other day about how the melting of the polar ice caps is actually contributing to the fires in the West. And I just Mm -hmm. found that so fascinating how, you know, the weather patterns work. And I grew up in Florida with hurricanes. And so nature is so powerful and we're seeing it, Mm -hmm. tornadoes and, and storms and droughts. And we're having some really big extremes. And uh, I think if we can all come to the agreement that we need to start working harder on saving our planet, that's probably the most pressing issue of our time. Definitely. So if somebody wanted to do what you're doing, what would be what would be some resources or what would be the steps to go into forest bathing? So we have guides all
all over the world who are certified by the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. If you go to natureandforesttherapy.earth, you can find a guide in your area. Uh, you can also learn if you're interested about becoming a guide, how to go through the trainings, which since COVID, they've become virtual trainings, so they're a lot more accessible. But if you don't have a guide in your area, there's some so many wonderful books that talk about the benefits of nature. And one of my favorite, it's by Amos Clifford, Your Guide to Forest Bathing. That's a wonderful place to start. And he's the founder of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. And he offers many invitations, as I've described during this interview. It's a lovely way to, to start your practice, but really just, just go outside, just go in your yard, go to your nearest park and just be still and be quiet if you can. If not, wander really slowly and just see what you notice. Just see what calls to you and whatever feels pleasurable, just be with it. Invite it in. There is no right or wrong way to forest bathe. It's just about immersing yourself in nature, in the forest or at the beach, in the desert. It doesn't have to be a forest with grand trees. We can find these little pockets of nature wherever we live. And like I said, even if it's a house plant or, you know, a, a tree in a median at the in a parking lot, if you are willing to take the time to sit with that tree or to lay on the grass and look at the sky, it's going to bring your heart rate down. If you breathe and just spend some time in nature, you're going to get some benefits. Science proves it. But if you want to go a little deeper, find a guide and uh, go, go for a walk. It's really a beautiful practice. I'm not sure if I want to be a guide, but I would love to experience forest bathing. So if I was wanting to experience that, I would go to these websites and try to find a guide. Absolutely. And we also offer virtual experiences. Um, I try to offer my own about once a month and the guides throughout the world list these on the ANFT website and that's natureandforesttherapy.earth and you can find a virtual walk near you or you could go participate in one that's on the other side of the, the world. Maybe it's a place you've always wanted to experience and uh, you can go for a walk in your own neighborhood simultaneously while the guide is leading the the walk from wherever they might be. And that's a really lovely introduction. So that's a great place to start that's so accessible to all of us. But um, if you're lucky enough to have a trained guide in your neck of the woods, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's usually two and a half to three hour experience and it will change the way you look at nature without a doubt. Uh, you know, I don't like to make a lot of guarantees about the experience people are going to have because it's so unique to each individual. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think if you are open-minded, if you come with an open heart and an open mind and embrace this practice, once you've tuned in and connected on that deeper level, you will always, it's like riding a bike. You'll, every time you go out in nature, you're going to experience it in a more deep, meaningful way. And it's really profound. Well, I'm going to have to experience it for myself because I'm, I'm curious. My curiosity has peaked. I was supposed to have experienced it spring break right before the pandemic happened, but because a friend, she was going through the certification process, but we didn't end up doing it. And we were having a lovely experience anyway, just hiking. But anyway, so if someone wanted to do this with you, for example, specifically, where would they get in touch with you? So my website is natural-wanders.com. That's wanders with an A. And so it's natural-wanders.com. And I have my calendar up there. And if they happen to be in the Western North Carolina area, I offer walks through Asheville Wellness Tours, ashevillewellnesstours.com. And I would love to lead folks 
in person. That's the best way to experience it if you can. But if not, like I said, I'm, I'm offering a virtual walk usually once a month. I'd love to do it more, but I feel like everybody's been kind of zoomed out since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, but the lovely thing about it is we just convene on Zoom. The idea is to kind of wander out in your yard or your park independently and have time away from your screen as we do these experiences. So they're, they're quite lovely. And I love hearing how people are encountering their own yards and discovering things that have been right in their own backyards that they didn't even notice before. So that's always really great to hear. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, even if you're a gardener, you can encounter those kinds of things and just gardening because I know I've experienced those things myself when I was into gardening. I mean, I still like to garden. I just, I just don't do it anywhere. <laughs> It's a lot of work for sure, but there's something to be said for putting your hands in the earth and, yes. you know, getting down on the ground and, and just, it's something so beautiful and, and natural about it. You know, it's, it's how our ancestors, you know, they survived in this way. And right. it's so beautiful to return to that. And, you know, people used to be so much more dependent on nature in a more direct fashion. People spent way more time outside and in the woods. And we've gotten away from that because of our, you know, all our conveniences and careers and whatnot. But I think uh, returning to nature is returning to our true selves. Right. And in kind of like what you said um, earlier about, you know, playing, even in gardening, you return to play. Because again, the sticking your hands in the, the dirt and feeling the coolness of the dirt and how it gets in between your fingers. Like I would wear gloves, but then I end up taking them off because I couldn't stand them. Like it's something about working with your bare hands is very different than putting some gloves on. I have to get over the fact that my hands are going to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. You can get them clean again. No worries. Yeah. And there's even research that says there's, there's microbes in the soil that are good for us. Yeah. You know, it's good to get dirty. You know, I got, sometimes I, I'll even have people taste the dirt a little bit, you know, like smell it. What does it smell like? It's, it's good for us, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely. So I know I saw that you have a retreat coming up. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I am so excited. Um, it's, it's a ways out. It's in January of 2023. I will be offering a retreat in Costa Rica with my fellow guide, Heather Farrell, and it's going to be a yoga and forest bathing retreat. It's about, you know, returning to your true nature. It's going to be very renewing and restorative, and it's in the beautiful Osa Peninsula area, and I'm just so excited. I've never been to Costa Rica, so I'm, I'm very excited to experience it myself, but from what I've heard about the diversity of these forests, it's it's on the edge of a of a rainforest and where the rainforest meets the ocean, you couldn't ask for a better place to go forest bathing. So, right. so excited to experience that myself and to help everyone relax. And, uh, you know, it's in, it's in January. It's a time where we're coming off the holiday craziness. We're all stressed out and it's a time to start the new year in a, in a way that's very rejuvenating. So I'm excited to offer that. And so there's information on my website, natural-wanders.com if anybody's interested in signing up for that. I may be interested because Costa Rica, you just say Costa Rica, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd love to have you there. We'll be doing breath work, different forms of yoga, forest bathing. And then of course, there'll be lots of time for downtime and for exploration and, and rest, whatever you need. It's going to be a lovely way to just kind of recalibrate, you know, hit that control alt delete after what, what I'm sure will be another 
crazy year as we continue down this road with the pandemic. Right. No telling when it's going to end. We'll, we'll, we'll just hope by 2023, it's all handled. And that's why we scheduled it so far out. We're like, hopefully by then we'll have a handle on it. We'll we'll have uh, have this thing figured out. I don't know if, it, if we'll ever uh, totally be rid of, of COVID and all its variants, but um, we can hope that's for sure. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on to my podcast and for reaching out to me. So, and I also thank you for your time and, and your knowledge and, and what you bring to my podcast. And I hope that we can collaborate in the future. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. It's so important to share different wellness modalities with, with everyone. It's important to find what works for you as an individual. And so thank you Definitely. for offering that. Well, uh, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed speaking to you. Make sure that you're following my Instagram page to stay up to date for the next episode. That's all for today, and you are listening to The Backpacking Introvert. Until next time.